Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, amen. You know, uh, these days are always um, fun, exciting. It's, not, it's more than the money, although we need the money. We need to raise the money for the project. But it's about a people seeing a future, a people coming together as one. Um, it's about the testimony that we leave for another generation. And I'm going to share a little bit about that in just a few moments. Um, I won't speak as long as normal, everybody say. All right. Um, but I do want to, you know, it's always funny when you do these things. Because this is the kind of stuff that happens. Is, you know, the, the cynic begins to say things like this. A few weeks ago, uh, you know, you always hear things come back. Well, you know, yeah, the pastor's going to start trying to get us to give money. Oh, you got to turn this thing on. I have this thing I got to turn on. All right. How are we doing? All right, we good? All right, I'm hooking up with Skip. Skip and I are hooking up through this little transmitter. So there's certain things I'm going to say Skip's only going to get. The rest of you aren't going to get it. <laughs> All right, but, but listen to me. You, you know, so here's what, the, oh, the pastor's going to start to try to give us, give. he's going to prime the pump, he's going to this, he's going to that. So my response to that is this, duh. What would you rather I do, not cast vision? What would you rather I do, not cast vision to build a place for our kids, our grandkids, another generation? What would you rather I do, not build upon the, 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 the history that has been laid to us from our forefathers, from our ancestors? What, what would you rather do as a, as a leader? I, I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you what. By the time I'm dead, there's going to be a place here that we're going to give the next generation and say, go run. Go run. We're going we're gonna to build it. We're going to pay for it. And we're going to say, it's yours. We're out of here. See you in heaven. Amen. And so what we're doing today, we're going to give, we're going to commit to give money so we can build a classroom facility that's mainly going to be used by a younger generation, although we'll use it as well. Um, I won't be as long, <laughs> I hope. All right. I want to share a few things from Scripture. Uh, I'm going to give some things away. How many think that's good? All right. Um, I'm going to encourage you to give. I'm going to give. Penny and I are going to give. We're going to have fun doing it. This is going to be a fun time. Um, you know, and when I give some gifts away, some of them are going to actually be what I call blast from the past gifts. You'll see why in a moment. Um, and, and so I began to think about what to share today for a few moments. And it kind of, it, you'll see how it dovetails together with what I want to give away. All right. See, for example, I have a blast from the past gifts here. Let me go to my little stash, okay? All right. Let me tell you what I got. I have in here, all right, I feel like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. I'm not giving away cars. Here, who wants a, don't, don't be shy. I got, say, what am I tossing around, huh? Here, Frank. All right. Hi, Bryce. Here, Johnny. All right. By the way, I just want to introduce, this is Bethany and Bryce Stanton. This is Pastor Peter and Ruth's son-in-law and daughter. All right, they just moved here. So, have a flashlight. All right. You see, I, what I'm giving away, you say, what's he giving away? I'm giving away flashlights. All right, Sid, look out, catch up. That's right, either catch it or get hit. All right, these are flashlights. What does a flashlight do? I got to give you one. You came to church on a Sunday. <laughs> what, what do you do? Watch this, I hit Mike in the head. <laughs> what do you do with a flashlight? You light a path, right? All right. What do you do? You, you light a path. You light up things that are dark. Listen to me. There's three things I'm going to talk to you about that we're going to do with this building. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to enlighten a generation. How many of you think we need to enlighten a generation? All right. Here's the fact. 
The, the fact is the world has some darkness to it, does it not? There's dark activity all around us. Some of the kids that come into this church come out of very dark situations. Let me tell you something. On Wednesday nights, we've been prophesying over these kids. We bring them into the, uh, the sanctuary. We take their name. We look up their meaning. We put a scripture to that, and we prophesy over them. I'm going to tell you what. Sometimes you watch a little kid, and it is just absolutely, you can see a light go on in them while you're doing it. We're going to enlighten them. Darkness surrounds them. All right? we, see, we live in a world that sees mass shootings all too often. We live in a world where there's so much gender confusion going on. How many know we need to light a path? We live in a world that's seeing the ongoing opioid epidemic and the darkness that surrounds it. We live in a world where a person can lose their way. Simply put, it can be a dark world. And that is not being negative, pessimistic, or anything else like that, because that's not who I am. Um, The fact is there is darkness, and there is one who is the author of that darkness, who wants to lead a generation into darkness so they can't see their way. What do we attempt to do? We attempt to light a path for them. All right, we attempt to light a path for them. We attempt to provide them with something that marks a trail through this dark world. We attempt to light a path that will lead them to the good things that this life has to offer. We give them a lighted path, all right? It's what Micah does with refuge. It's what we do as a church. It's what we attempt to do on a weekly basis with our, with our kids, all right? And how do we do that? Well, first of all, let me say this to you. You know how we give them light? We start with we give them Jesus. Come on. I don't care about giving them, I don't want to give them a denomination. I don't want to give them a church. I don't want to give them a bunch of feel-good stuff. I want to give them Jesus, because how many know Jesus will make the biggest difference in their life? All right? Before we need to give them a lesson, we need to make sure they get Jesus. Jesus is the one who said, I am the light of the world. All right? How many know if he's the light of the world, you're not walking in darkness? He's the light that shines in the darkness. We don't just give them a lesson. We give them a person. Come on. The person you give them is more important than the lesson that you give them. We, we don't just give them the author of light. We give, him, we give the light itself. How do we give them Jesus is the question. You're going to see a video a, bit, a little bit later on. Very intriguing insight on this video. How do we give them Jesus? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus made a statement to his disciples. He said what? He said, first of all, remember, he said, I am the light of the world. But then later on, he said to his disciples, oh, by the way, guys, you're the light of the world. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How many know some of us who are to be the light of the world, sometimes we get a lot of darkness that comes out of our mouth. Sometimes we got a lot of negativity, a lot of pessimism, a lot of darkness that comes out of our mouth. Rather than shedding light, we're actually feeding the darkness. It's an amazing thing. All right? Um, and Jesus said this. He said what? He said, you are the light of the world. He said, let your light shine before others so that they see your good deeds and they glorify your Father in heaven. Let me tell you how you... Teachers, leaders, people in this church, no matter if you're a teacher or not, how many, know, how many of you ever bumped into a kid in this church? <laughs> Good luck walking through this area, all right? What do you do? Get out of my way, you little punk. Wow, these kids are running all over the place. If that's you, God help you. <laughs> but what you do is, hey, you give, give them five, all right? I, I was going through there this morning. I had six kids over there, and I was giving them five, and one wanted to let me hang. He's just like, so I tackled him. <laughs> I, I just grabbed him, picked him up. <laughs> you can't you mess with me, huh? Leave me hanging? We got to show these kids who Jesus is through being the light that Jesus says we are. How do we do that? We give them Jesus through our love, through our joy, through our peace. Come on, it sounded familiar. Through our patience, through our kindness, 
through our goodness, through our faithfulness, through our gentleness, through our self-control. That these, 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 we're lighting a path because, not just in teaching, although how many know that's incredibly important? We'll talk about that in a moment. But we're showing and we're lighting a path by who you are. We're lighting a path by showing them who Jesus is. That Jesus shines through you. That Jesus shines through leaders. That Jesus is shining through adults into these children's lives. You've got to understand some of the situations. And I know it's not every situation. But some are dark. And we're lighting a path. We're lighting a path for them to walk through a dark world. What else are we doing? Well, I'm glad you asked. I got other things here. More blasts from the past. I used to mock these things. Yeah, I think God was, I think whenever we first ordered these, I mocked these. You remember that, Troy? I did. I mocked them. I was laughing and mocking them. And so what happened was they made a mistake on their end and we got double the order. (laughs) So I'm going to throw out some of these and there's going to be lots of these left over. So help yourself at the end of the day. But this is a blast from the past. This is one and only PVAG official Tolls from Taiwan toolkit. <laughs> Let me say this to you. They're not high quality tools, but they will get you out of a pinch because I've been there. You know, Dick, you need one of those. There you go. All right. Watch this. I, I feel like Oprah so much today. All right. Here, here, I, you know what? I won't throw these. They might kill somebody. You're a banker. You don't need tools. All right. Here, Mike, you can work on small engines with a small kit. All right. All right. Hey, how you doing? Out of the shell. You can't catch. Good thing you're doing nuts. John Garber, good to see you. How's your mother doing? She doing? You used one three days ago? Praise God. All right. Here, here, Glenn. Oh, don't worry. I'm coming to that side, too. I, I know, I'm weird. But see, you've got to understand something for a moment. I'm having some fun with this. I'm giving things away because we want to bless and we want to give away. But listen to me. What do tools do? Hmm? Tools, yeah. I want to see if we can catch. Huh? Uh, Tony Branda, you have never worked on a Mustang with one of these kits. There you go. All right. All right. Now listen to me. What do we do? We take tools. Tools are what, what are something that you use in order to accomplish a task, right? Tools are something that you use to. You have a job to do. You need tools. Yeah, I'm coming, baby. All right. Um, let me see. Let me go over here. Let me see. I want to give this to somebody that'll benefit more. Here, Steffi, you need more than he does. All right. All right. See. You're saying, what a freak. He's throwing stuff around the church. Yes, I am a freak. Here, Phil, take that and work on bond score. All right? Have one of those. All right, what do you do with tools? All right? You, you, we're taking and we're putting tools in the hands of a generation. We're equipping them. All right? We enlighten a generation. We're lighting a path. We're showing them a way to go. But we're also going to equip a generation, which means to supply with necessary items for a particular purpose. To provide, to furnish, to supply, to issue, to stock, to provide, okay? To prepare for a particular situation or a task. Us pastors, that's our job. Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ gave, himself, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service. My number one calling is to get you to work. Praise God. Right? Is to get you, in, but to put the tools in your hands 
so that you can do what God has prepared for you to do, so that the body of Christ may be built up. We're going to complete a facility so that we can complete, furnish a generation with the tools that they need. We want to take and we want to bring these kids in here, and we want to mentor, we want to train, we want to give them tools. Come on, how many of you would testify this morning that you learned a few things in Sunday school? Right? I don't remember any of them, but I know I did somewhere. Right? That how many of you remember that, that you can go back and say, you know what? I was given some foundational tools in that church. I look around this room and I can tell you who they are. I can tell you who some of the people were in my life. I can't tell you most of what some of those guys taught me, but I can remember some of the kindness. Right? But I also remember, and I'll never, I'll never forget when I first went to Bible college. Now you gotta understand, I'm 24 years old, I'm married, I got two kids. Finally, I said, okay, God, I give up. I'll go into the ministry. I, I don't know nothing. I don't know anything going to Bible school. I go to Bible school. I go to the first class, first class, Bible survey. All right, good. We're in Bible survey. And all of a sudden, this, this instructor says, now, open up your Bible to such and such. And I'm watching all these people open up their Bible to such and such. And I'm going, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. I don't know anything. I had, I had, to, look, I had to look in the table of contents to find where that book was in the Bible. All right. But I got to tell you something. I learned a whole lot of stuff at Bible study, or Bible school. But what I learned most of all was foundational tools that gave me the ability to learn more later on. Listen, we're not the end all, but how many know we can give a group of kids a foundation? We can equip them foundationally so that someday they can make discoveries on their own. All right? We, we got to do that. We've got, the word means to mend, to render, to complete, to fit, to strengthen, to perfect. All right, there's a scripture back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy where Moses was telling the people, this is what he says, he's be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Hmm. Think about that. Listen, listen to that again. Listen, all of you who are old, <laughs> that would include me if you're wondering, be careful and watch yourself closely so you don't forget the things that your eyes have seen. Come on. How many know he's not done? How many can remember a testimony? How many can remember a past? How many of you here today that are always say, you know what? I'm not going to forget the things that I have seen or the things that you've seen or let them fade from your heart. I'm amazed. I'm amazed sometimes at how Christians whose hearts once burned so brightly for the gospel that their hearts have faded over the years. Your God is no different at 70 than he was at 20. If nothing else, light that heart up again and let people see it burn. He said, but he, so he gave him a caution. Don't let it fade. He says, and teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord when he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in it and may teach them to their children. How many know we're going to pass on and teach to a generation? We're going to equip a generation. So what are we doing in a building? It's just a building, but it's a tool that we're going to use to light a path. It's a tool that we're going to use to equip a generation. And then I got a third thing. You say, does he have more gifts? I sure do. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Can you tell him I'm having fun? This is actually a really good gift. This is probably my favorite gift of the three. All right? I don't really care much for that toolkit. <laughs> but inside of this little gizmo, 
All right, this is for all you tech nerds, all right, like Troy. Hi. Hmm. Say, what is he passing out? Let me show you what I'm passing out. All right. Oh, there's another box inside. It's a power pack, okay? USB power pack. You, 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 you charge that baby up. You put it in your bag. Your phone goes dead. How many know you can charge it up? How many know it's a good thing to have power? All right? Trust me, I always need power. And, and so, all right, here, I can't get that zipper. Take that. All right? Oh, intercepted. That was an interception, man. I was trying to get that way back there. All right, don't worry, I'm going for it. Here, Jeff, in case you don't have any. <laughs> All right. What do you do with this thing? This is a thing that you draw power from. This is a thing that when your phone goes dead, you can power that sucker up. All right, because how many know a dead phone is no good? Oh, come on, I know some of you. I know you're as addicted to your phone as I am. All right. Bob, I, I don't know if you have any use for that or not. I'm really doubting it. You came all the way from Maryland. You get one. All right. Coming over, Sherry, and see who can catch. boy, Rick. Huh? You work with wood. Noelle, I should, oh, I should have whipped that at you. She tried to kill me with a water bottle one time, for those of you who don't know the story. She's, I'm, not, I'm not lying. She tried to kill me with a water bottle. <laughs> You've seen the movie Psycho? Right there. I got more. That was a complete whiff. I mean, that was just a complete, utter whiff. All right. Jody Miles tried to kill me with a cream puff one time. Yes, I'm going to tell you the story. Pittsburgh was playing Dallas. She's a Dallas fan. Pray for her redemption. All right. Hi, I don't know you, but here. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, long story short, Pittsburgh was playing them. And Dallas was, I think actually Dallas was winning. All right. And Dallas was winning. And I think it was Tony Romo threw an interception to which I laughed hysterically and got a cream puff thrown at me. You people are violent in this church. I gotta tell you. All right, listen. I'm having some fun. I've given you a flashlight. It's a re- okay, and I'm telling you, we're gonna light a path for a generation. I gave you a tool kit. We're gonna give them. A, we're gonna give this generation. We're gonna equip them with tools. But we're gonna empower generation. All right. What does it mean to empower a generation? It means that we're going to give them the authority or the power to do something. That's what Moses did for Joshua. The Moses came in and God said, you take Joshua and you give him some authority and you empower him for the task I have for him to do. You make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. These kids have rights as sons and daughters of God. Come on. Come on. It means to give permission, power, or legal right to do something. To give someone more confidence and strength to do something by enabling them to increase. All right? So I thought about that. So, Lord, how are we going to empower a generation? The first way we're going to empower a generation, and get this, this is huge. We're going to give them identity. The power of identity is huge. If you look into the scripture, you'll see a God 
who always gave people an identity. He said, Abram, you're not going to be any Abram anymore. You're going to be Abraham. You're going to be a father of nations. Sarai, you're going to be Sarah. Gideon, get out of that wine press. He gave uh, uh, Jacob a new name of Israel. Okay? Do you understand today that there's an enemy and there's a world that has tried to shape the identity of a generation, that are trying to shape the identity of children, and we're going to say to them, no, 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 let me tell you who you are in Jesus. Let me tell you who you are in Christ. We're going to give them an identity. You're a son of this house. You're a daughter of that house, of this house. You can go out and you might do stupid things, but we're not disowning you. Come on. Come on. You're a son. You're a daughter. Listen to me. And this isn't just for those kids. You listen to me now, adults. Let me tell you something. Get a grasp on who your identity in Christ is. Know who you are as a son. Know who you are as a daughter. Know who you are this morning. Let him tell you your identity. Not your past. Not your failures. Not the things that have happened to you. Not the naysayers of your life. Not the enemy. You allow God to form the identity of who you are. He comes and he looks at a man named Peter. He said, man, he said, I'm going to rock your world. You're not going to be, okay, you're Cephas, all right? But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to change your life. He comes to a man named Saul who's persecuting the church. He said, guess what? You're not going to be Saul anymore. You're going to be known as Paul. When we speak about the apostle, we don't speak about Saul the apostle. We speak about Paul the apostle. All right, we're going to give a generation an identity and tell them who they are. We're going to empower them by giving them a purpose. Listen to me. Every one of these, and you, not just these kids. I keep saying that, but I'm going to tell you something. There's ramifications for every adult in here as well. You're not an accident. You're a divine purpose from a divine creator who knit you together in your mother's womb no matter how you got there. No matter if it was an accident you got in that womb, he still knit you together in that womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and he still has a purpose and a divine plan for your life. Can we get that in our heart? All right? You, 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 got a divine, you have a destiny. You have a reason for being. Moses, you were saved from the Nile. You were saved from the bulrushes so that you could save a generation from oppression. All right? Um, Gideon, your purpose was not to hide in a wine press but rather it's to come out of a wine press and lead people into victory. David, you're more than a shepherd. You're more than somebody who tends the sheep in a field. You're some, more than that shepherd boy. You're a king who's going to chop the head of that giant off and lead people into peace and righteousness. We empower them by giving them purpose. Every one of these young lives have a purpose that's trying to be stolen by the enemy. We empower them this one's huge. I know I said that about the last one too. We empower them by giving them testimony. Hmm. What do I mean by that? We give them a history of faith to draw on. Come on, tell the story. Don't ever get tired of telling the story. Tell your sons, tell your daughters, tell your grandchildren. Tell them about the power of God. Tell them about the love of God. Tell them about the God that did this in your life and did that in your life. Give them testimony to draw on. This church needs to operate on testimony of the past and the testimony of the future. That a generation says, you know what? (laughs) I want them to say this someday. You should have been around when those crazy wackos had a $10 million plan and didn't have a nickel to their name. (laughs) 
You should have been around when those crazy wackos took an abandoned, condemned church building and put a million three and it didn't have a nickel to their name and took the place. You should have been around for those lunatics. Come on. That's a testimony. Like, can you imagine the sons of Israel one day saying, you should have been there when the priest stepped into the Jordan and it was a flood stage. And when they jumped in, it parted. You should have been there when we marched around Jericho for seven days in a row and nothing happened. And all of a sudden the people shouted and the walls came out. You should have been there. You empower a generation by giving them a testimony. God help us if we don't have a testimony to leave to our kids. We give them a history of victories to draw from. We give them a history, a life-giving tradition. Not tradition for tradition's sake, but because it's life-giving. We empower them by pointing them to the Holy Spirit, the one who empowers them, the one who saves them and draws them, the one who puts to death sin in their life. We don't teach them that. We, we, we teach them it's the work of the Holy Spirit. We point them to the Holy Spirit who develops the fruit of the Spirit in them. We direct them to the Holy Spirit. And we, encounter, we help them encounter the Holy Spirit who gives them the gifts of the Spirit, what makes them powerful in this world. We point them to the Holy Spirit because how many know without the Holy Spirit, we are powerless? We got to give them that. We give them the armor of God. You see, this is more than just having fun. This is about what we do. We light a path. We equip a generation. We empower them. I've had fun giving out these things. But get the message of what God has done in and through this church for decades. For decades. Not just recently, for decades. I'm a product, <laughs> good or bad, of this church. And if you don't like what you see, it's your fault. <laughs> it's been done for decades. Young people enlightened, young people equipped, young people empowered. It's really something simple. It's really not a fundraising message. It's a future raising message. It's not a message just to raise money. It's a message to raise a generation of world changers. Come on. We've done some out of the box things. You think that refuge thing is something that people are doing all over the world? Combining youth groups and creating a network in a city. You think that's just something weird. And people have been waiting for it to blow up and it's not going to blow up. (laughs) Amen. Why? Because you get kingdom-minded leaders that come together in a spirit of unity and say, it's not about me, it's about them. We'll build a generation from the ground up. It's not a message simply to get you to give, but to get you to see. To get you to see. The great King David understood what it was all about. He was a man that was plucked from the fields to the palace. He was a man who was, repre- who was preparing for the next generation. God, he had it in his heart to build a temple that God wouldn't allow him to build. He said, well, maybe I can't build it, but I'll make all the preparations for my son to build it. And how many know what we're doing is we're making the preparation for the future for our sons and daughters that are going to come after us. All right? I want you to watch this video. And there's something very intriguing about this video that I'll share with you if you don't catch it. But I want you to see this, and I want you to watch this video, and I'll be back in a moment. Today is a very special day as we look to the future concerning the facilities and resources being developed for impacting our kids. But rather than hearing me talk about the importance of this ministry, we asked our kids about their favorite part of the kids' ministry of Transformation Church. 
I'm happy that everybody's here. I love my friend. Bible. Play. I love bunnies. You love bunnies? We learn about Jesus. Drawing. Get to learn about God and Jesus. That we get the opportunity to learn about God. I love when we learn about Jesus and God. The thing I love most about my class is that we're allowed to be goofy and stuff, and we can be ourselves whenever we want. I love how we get to meet new people and make friends, and I love how we get to learn about God. I like how everyone is friends with you and how the teachers are so nice. I love everybody in here, Miss Kelly. My teacher, Miss Kelly. Miss Kelly. Teacher, Miss Kelly. Uh, my teacher and all my friends. And my friends. And all my friends. And all the kids. I love how every time that we do something, it's so fun and we play. And we, all we do is pray about God. Miss Martha. I love how we act and I love my teacher. I love my teacher, Miss Martha. And I love to be outside. I love how they're sweet and kind and we all love Jesus. That we always get to do fun activities and my teacher Miss Martha. How we do fun activities. We're learning about God, doing our work pages, fun crafts and things. We get to learn about God and we're always helpful and we're with each other. What I love about my class is that I have nice teachers and I, we do fun crafts and um, we learn about God. I get to be here every day at church. Snack. I love to learn about God. I like my friends. I like dinner. That. I like my friends. I like my commanders. Commander Leroy, Commander Paul. Learning. Learning about what? Jesus. I like my commander, my brother, my friends. To play. Playing ball. Playing with the toys. <gasps> to be here with everybody. New Bible studies. <laughs> Learning. Speaking about God. Learning. Learning about God. All the people that are here today. The snacks. Getting to learn about Jesus and um, having like time with the commanders. The commanders are great. Then I like my commanders. The commanders are awesome. They like to play games and stuff after their Bible lessons. The commanders are nice. My favorite thing about Ranger Program is... Definitely the commanders. They're really helpful. They're they're really fun. They're funny. Learning about God. Are they playing? Um, playing outside, going on trips, and doing Bible study. I like to go on all the fun field trips. Learning, playing, uh, learning about the Bible. Uh, my favorite thing when I was in the kids' program was probably the Pinewood Derby races when we made the uh, wooden cars and we sent them down the track. My favorite part were um, the snacks at the very end and how fun the teachers made all the classes. Um, because it teaches the kids about God so that they can learn everything they need to know about Him. Because the, the kids get to come and they get to learn about God. <laughs> oh, is that good? <laughs> um, my favorite part was um, getting to become an honor star and like dressing up like a princess for the night. That was really fun. Uh, my favorite part was getting to have Miss Martha as a teacher for like three years. What do you love most about this class? Jesus! You know, in case you didn't catch it,
Troy texted me earlier this week and he said, what do you think was the favorite thing about the kids? What was their number one answer they said was their favorite thing? By and large, the number one thing you heard the most was that they loved their leaders. The people in the room, they will not forget you. They will not forget you. They will remember the love, the hugs, the laughter, the joy. It's the teachers. And we thank those teachers who give them themselves every week. Every week. You know, there's a young girl that was on there. Her name is Tanaya. Tanaya Fitz. And um, her name is such an awesome name. It means value, purpose beyond value. Purpose beyond value. And I remember reading and speaking to her and speaking over her life and saying to her, there's no amount of money that can determine and dictate the value that God sees in you. And I want you to hear that for just a moment, that this is a generation. This is a generation that their value, their, their purpose is beyond value. We can't put a price tag on it, can we? We can't put a price tag on it. We're giving so that that purpose can be brought out. And I ask you to grab your envelope that's in your bulletin. Take a look at it with me. I'm going to explain what's happening. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. In a moment, we're going to give. I'm going to ask George to get ready to come, and he's going to read a scripture and pray. Um, but I'm asking you to take this envelope, and this is what I want you to do. I believe it's going to come up on the screen in a moment, yeah? Okay. Obviously, we want you to fill out the information that is in the information, name, address, uh, phone number, so forth, and so on. If you would do that, we would really appreciate it. If you need a pen, there should be pens in the back. Um, let me get some help. Somebody, um, if, you, if you need a pen, I got pens. Grab a handful of these. If you need a pen, we got a whole box full. You can even keep the pen. All right? But if you need a pen, just raise your hand. He'll get that to you. But if you take that envelope and you look, you can fill out your name, address, city, state, zip, phone, email. All right? And then here's how the process works. What we're going to ask you to do is, first of all, the, the first line where it says, I, we are pledging, and there's a blank. That's what you're planning on giving to the offering, all right, total, okay? So in other words, let's say that you were going to give $10,000, all right? I said 5,000, Troy put 10,000 in, all right? He's got more faith than me, all right? And so, I, so say you're gonna give 10,000 right there, that your offering gift is gonna be $10,000. If today you have brought your full amount, then you wanna fill out the second line, you put in $10,000, you're done. At that point, you're done. So you're saying, I'm giving this much. I brought it today. I'm giving it today. You're done. You don't have to fill anything else out on that card. But if, to, if you're making a pledge, let's say you made a pledge for 10000 but you're not making all of that today, the third line is where you would put what you're putting in the offering today. So maybe today you're giving 2000 of that $10,000 pledge today. All right, so what you want to do, you fill out the first line for 10000 Line three, you put 2000 in. And then the balance of the pledge to be paid by December 31st, 2017 is where you put the 8,000. So you use the numbers that are according. Does that sound easy enough? Because you'd be surprised when we get written on these cards sometimes. All right? It's okay. We we always decipher. And and so again, line one is the total amount you're giving. Line two is if you brought that full amount today. All right? Line three is if you're paying part of your pledge today. And line four would be the balance of that. It's interesting. People couldn't be here. I've already got envelopes here of people who couldn't be that already brought gifts in. I have people who've given online already. Uh, some people gave clear from California to the project. How many think that's cool? All right? And um, 
So I'm going to ask you to take a moment. Now, over the past couple of weeks, there has been a theme running. Get, get those for me, would you? There's been a theme running in here about the buckets of blessing. I'm going to remember these couple words from the last few weeks. And, and, and so there's been a theme running through. I'm going to ask George to come, and I'm going to ask him to read the Scripture and pray over the offering in just a moment. And so I was figuring out how we're going to receive the offering. So I figured we needed buckets. So what I do? I bought buckets. I bought big buckets. All right? Now, listen to me. What we're going to do in a moment, we're, we, we, this is something we started in 2007 that we bring the gift forward. There's something very special about that. This has been a very special moment. What we're going to take do here in a minute, I'm asking you to fill that out. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to fill it up. George is going to pray. And then we're going to bring our offering forward. So, George, would you share that scripture and the thoughts that are going with that? So right before Israel was ready to come into the promised land, the enemy had been trying to trip them up for 40 years. And God had said to them in Numbers uh, chapter 6, he said, I want this blessing put on my people. So it was almost like this hedge about them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord smile upon you and grant you peace, shalom, the shalom of God. That was early on. Right before they were ready to go into Jericho and across the Jordan River, the prince of Moab hired a witch, a sorcerer by the name of Balaam, and said, I will give you whatever you want if you will bring a curse to these people because I'm afraid of them. He didn't know or if he had talked to Moses, he would have known that God didn't want Moab to be messed with at all. He says, leave them alone. They're your relatives. I think they were Lot's relatives. No, they have their own inheritance. You're not going to mess with their border. But the, but the enemy had come into his heart, and he hired a witch. So Balaam came, and you know the story of the donkey and all that stuff. And God apprehended him. It says, Balaam, it says, I'm a man as with eyes wide open. So he was in a trance. So God took over Balaam and would not allow him to curse Israel. And he ended up saying just the opposite that what the king of Moab wanted him to say. So just the opposite what Lucifer would have him say. So put yourself in the place of Israel right now, ready to cross the Jordan River, ready to come into your inheritance. No more manna, no more striking the rock. You're going to eat from the fruit of the land. And here's what God, and also I want you to remember, if you're Israel and you're you, all the things Israel did wrong, okay? Let's see. They built a golden calf. Aaron and Miriam rebelled. Miriam got leprous. Help me out, Jim. What else? Uh, oh, uh, Korah's rebellion, complaining, wishing they could go back to Egypt. The whole narrative of the 40 years is like, what, what are you doing to us, Moses? We hate this. So they were complainers. But here's what Balaam was compelled to say through the word of God, by God. It, sa- it says this. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. What are those things I just list? God didn't see them. I heard a pastor tell me one time, when the enemy comes before the throne of God to condemn you, 
God looks, he says, well, look at George, look what he did. He's such a creep, he's such a hypocrite. And God looks and looks and looks. He says, you know, you know, Lucifer, I can't see George. All I see is Jesus. Mm. All I see is Jesus. So all God sees is you. He doesn't see all the stuff you did. He sees Jesus, all right, when he sees you. He says, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob. He has not seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shadow of a king is among them. There is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. There's no sorcery against this people, and there's no divination. There's no curse in this house. There's a blessing of God. And he goes on to say this. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel. Now, keep in mind, there was probably two million Israelis and probably a million tents and the, the tent of the of the presence was right in the middle so he's talking about their individual tents and the tent of the house this is the tent of the house the presence of god Shekinah, when we gather together there's shekinah here all our shekinah glory gathering together when we meet together as the people of god how lovely are your tents O jacob your dwellings O israel like valleys that stretch out like gardens by the riverside like aloes, aloes is a fragrant plant, planted by the Lord like cedars behind the, beside the waters. Here's what we're going to focus on here. He shall pour water from his buckets, mm. and his seed shall be in many waters. So his seed is in the waters that he pours out. He's poured out his waters of Holy Spirit on us. His seed is in that, and that seed is going to increase. And we, you know, it says in, um, in uh, Luke uh, 6, um, 38, it says, Give, it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running out all over, will be put into your bosom. For in the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, the principle is here, as you give, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together. When Corey and I got married, we got married in a Polish church. And we had this big, I don't know if anybody's been to a Polish wedding, but this was one uh, amazing, that her, <laughs> this little Polish church up in Houndsdale. And we had this wedding dance, this bridal dance. And everybody danced with Corey. They did a little polka step with Corey. And the maid of honor had a babushka. And you held out the babushka and you put money in it, Okay. We call it the dollar dance, but, and they get a shot of booze, okay? <laughs> okay, a shot of bourbon or something, and get to dance with Corey, and they gave Corey a gift. We made $200. It was like $2,000 now. But when it says here, the reason I'm telling you that, so the maid of honor held out her babushka, that's the same principle as running all over, put into your bosom. So it's the overflow into the apron as, as you give. There's going to be an overflow into your apron. There's going to be running out all over. Okay. And that's not a manipulation. That's just what happens when you give. Okay. Buckets with seed in the buckets and God's blessing. So let's pray for this blessing. Father God, right now, we come before you as Israel. Mm, The enemy just wants to curse us, Lord but you will not, you have not allowed it and you will not allow it. And we just are so grateful. And as one body and as one man, we come with our offerings. As Israel came before David to build the temple, 
He says, God, where did all, how did you did this, Lord? Mm, Father, you've done great things in us, and we just want to pour back, pour back, pour back buckets. And that seed would grow, Father. And as Randy spoke today earlier on the video, as we plant the seed, we expect a harvest. We expect grain and corn, and we expect blessing and revival, and we expect salvation and discipleship, and we are, we're praying for families and husbands and wives and fathers and mothers for your glory, for your glory. Lord, this is so much more than just a building of bricks and stone. This is about, oh God, this is about your house. So Father, pour the buckets out, pour the buckets out, and your seed would just multiply. The seed you've given us, we give back to you. Press down, shaken together, running all over. In Jesus' name, amen. I understand that there are some folks who um, did not receive an envelope. Maybe you didn't get a bulletin. Um, Jim Kaiser, would you raise your hand if you need an envelope? Um, Maybe we got them all passed out now. If you need an envelope, just raise your hand back here, Jim. All right. If you need one, Jim will take care of that over here. We have some. That young man, Caleb, he told his mother the other day, he said, I'm going to go get money out of the bank. I want to give to the offering. Okay. Nobody told him to do that. He did that all on his own. What a fine young man. And, uh, but anyway, you have that. One of the things I failed to mention, which I won't spend a lot of time on, is many of you got a mailer that we sent this week. We had an idea that we think is a way of honoring some people. Um, you see it on this paper that for every gift of $5,000 or more, there's an opportunity to name a, a, our, our theme over there is Transformation Station. And, um, and so for every gift, you can have an opportunity to name one of the rooms, one of the stations. Penny and I are doing one we'll call it Dominic Station uh, in memory of our son. That wasn't supposed to happen. Um, but anyway, so, you know, it, it's there. You see it. It's self-explanatory. Um, and we will be in contact with you for that uh, as well. Uh, let me say two things, and we're going to receive our offering. One, I believe this is a prophetic offering. I, I really do. I have to say that about everyone. I believe there were defining moments in our life. I believe the $76,000 for the roof offering was a prophetic defining moment. And I believe today's another one. I really do. And um, I have a special little request in of God I won't tell you about right now. All right? And I have a belief, and I also have a request. But at any rate, and, and so take your envelope if you have it. If you check, write it out to Transformation Church. And um, George already prayed, so I don't, we don't need to pray again. If you have any questions, if you're like, I'm not sure, just come up and see me while, while I'm here. I'll be sitting right here. If you have any questions, we'll help you. Um, and, and so... As Troy begins to lead us in a chorus, a worship song, let's begin to come. Bring your, bring your gift forward, all right? And um, we'll, we'll put them in our buckets, all right? You're the God of the city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no like our God. There is no like our God. 
for a moment. Hang with us. We're going to count it. And man, I don't know about you. I like news right away. All right, we're in the information era. Click of a button, right? So we're going to count it. It won't take long. But I, and I got a few things we're going to do. Um, I'm going to tell you a story quick. And then there are 10 bulletins. There are 10 bulletins that have 10, that have one ticket in each. There's a little ticket that looks like something like this. All right. And say, what's that for? Well, I'm going to give more stuff away. All right, I gave blast from the past stuff away. Now I'm going to give some present stuff away, all right? But let me tell you a story real quick. There was a story that Peter was telling me the other day. There was a lady, there was a church in Florida. Went through a very difficult time. There was an accident, bus accident, kids got killed. And there was a lot of litigation that had come against the church. And the church was going to actually end up in bankruptcy. And the church, they were going to lose everything. And I guess there was some time where there was some offerings and so forth. And they were trying to, you know put off being foreclosed on and losing their church building and when they did that there was a lady that came to them and she was just just crying just crying pastor i i feel so bad i i i i can't give her situation dictated that she could not give how many of there's a difference between can't and won't some people say can't when they mean won't all right she just could not there was nothing she just couldn't and he said it's all right he says you know it's okay be relieved of that just do one thing Go tell people about Jesus. Go tell somebody about Jesus. On her way home that day, she went and she passed this guy that she had seen often living on the street, a homeless person living on the street, and she told him about Jesus. And he got saved that day. He, he got saved. He accepted Jesus that day. A year, a year goes by, 
and they were getting ready to foreclose on the church. They were getting ready to close the church down. The bank was going was to go bankrupt. All the litigation was going to bankrupt the church, and they were going to lose everything. And when they, the pastor got called to the bank, and he went into the bank, and the banker says, um, he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't owe us any money. We're not foreclosing, and your church is paid off. The debt is paid. And he asked, he said, I can't tell you how it happened. I cannot tell you how that happened. He says, all I'll tell you is that the person who paid off your debt, when they sneeze, they sneeze $1,000. How many would like to get that cold? <laughs> when they sneeze, they sneeze $1,000. Well, here it ended up. The pastor was able to do some more investigating. And what he found out was that the person who paid off the debt was a multi-multi-millionaire living homeless on the streets of Florida who was celebrating his one-year anniversary with Jesus by going to that bank and paying off that debt. Because one lady who couldn't give told him about Jesus. You never know who you lead to Jesus might be a conduit for something else. It's not about leading them to Jesus for the money, but how many of you know you lead somebody to Jesus? How many know something good comes out of that? Amen. It's an amazing story. So anyhow, all right, so I got gifts to give away. All right, let me tell you what I got. I got stuff. I love the gift. I love the portion of Scripture where David came and he celebrated before the ark, and then he gave away bread and food and sent people home. So I've got, all right, the first thing I'm going to give away is one of those really nice orange Transformation Church tumblers. Yeah. All right. I got ticket number nine. Ticket number nine. Ticket number nine. Ticket, hey, Ron Ross Sr. There you go, my friend. Try not to get too hepped up on the caffeine, all right? All right. Okay, let's give another one away. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's give a Penny's Pouch away. For those of you who don't know what Penny's Pouches are, my wife makes these. There's rice in them. You heat them up in a microwave. You put them on a sore neck. When I have a pain in the neck, Penny puts it on her neck and it helps it, okay? All right, I got ticket number four. Hey, Lori, I'll meet you back there. Woohoo! It also is really good to hit somebody with, too, because they, you know, so if you want to hit, you know, somebody, hit Jess, it's okay. Let's see. Let's give away. All right, all right. I got, these are nice, nice little gizmos here. All right, shamelessly advertising at the same time. All right, I got a Nehemiah Project little portfolio. has a tablet in it. All right, this is a really nice little thing. We got right? ticket number 10. Number 10, Gilbert. Are you standing up? You sure you got it? Let me see. I, I, <laughs> Look at that. Now you can take notes when I preach. That's right. All right, let's see. We're going back to a, give another tumbler away. I like the tumblers, man. Ticket number three. Ticket number three. Noel. No? Well, she stood up. She stu- I, I got to tell you, my life flashed before my eyes. I thought if I gave it to her, I might get stabbed. Uh, <laughs> My mother. Wow, I, I did not cheat. 
I would have just gave her one, all right? All right, you owe me 10 bucks. Oh, that's right. All right, we're going back to another penny's pouch. Number seven. Ticket number seven. Ah. Make sure he's standing up for the right reason. Yes, sir. No, he's leaving. Okay. Like, the, like I, I got to tell you, the bad time to stand up is right after I pull the number. Like, because the person holding number seven is going like, what's up with that? Is there two number sevens? Okay. <laughs> Ticket number seven. Who got it? Somebody has to have number seven. Okay, maybe they left early. We'll put that over here. I'll just figure out something else with that. Ticket number seven. Aha, stained but not dirty, weatherproof, waterproof bag. All right, G90 Project. Ticket number five. If you stand up and don't have the ticket, I'm throwing something at you. Ah, there we go. It's in the Tyrone section. I'll just throw her back. Your wife will like that. I'm not sure how good you look with it. All right, where are we going better now? Let's go back to another one of these little portfolios. Ticket number six. Number six. Ticket number six. Ticket number six. Where are we at? Dale, hi, buddy. Yay! Hi, buddy. Love you, man. That's for you. This is better than singing the whole 15 minutes we're waiting, right? Ah, singing's fun, but this is better. This is more fun. All right. What do I got left? I got three things left. I got a tumbler, another tumbler. Ticket number one. Ticket number one. Don't be shy. You're kidding me. Come on. There's got to be. I'll put these in myself. Really? It's in the bulletin. He's asked where these are. There's only 10 bulletins that have a number in. Ticket number one. Going once. Going twice. Okay. Trying to give stuff away here. I'm going to come up with an alternative way to do that. All right. What do we got? We got one more pennies pouch and one more bag. Here we go. Okay. Pennies pouch. This is a purple one. I like purple. Ticket number two. You're killing me. Oh, there we go. Bryce. Listen. Whenever Peter becomes a pain in the neck, you just put that thing right on there. It'll go away. Trust me. All right. Penny's pouch, Peter's pain. All right, last one. We got a bag in here. Ticket number eight. <laughs> could you say, could could you yell bingo or something like like? She, she, this is what she did. <laughs> I wondered if up. Yeah, it's me. All right, let's see. Hmm. Anybody got a birthday today? That today is your birthday. All right. Anybody had a birthday yesterday? 
Anybody born in November? Anybody have one tomorrow? What's Steffi, when's your birthday? 28th, close enough. I can't get anybody else to jump. You want a, you want a tumbler? We'll be drinking booze out of it, all right? Of course, living with Jason, I can't blame you. All right. Let's see. Anybody got an anniversary today? Yesterday? Y'all are married, right? How about what? You brought, I'm going to give it to your mom. There you go, dear. All right. All right. You, you can thank those people who left early or didn't get their ticket. All right. Listen. Now, listen. Here's the deal. Rick, I need help, buddy. All right. Josh, would you help Rick? Would you guys take these boxes right here? These boxes right here. Set them out on that table out there. Listen, there's a bunch of stuff in here. There's flashlights left. There's toolkits left. There is uh, those power packs, these things left. Help yourself. Now, listen, I don't want to go to a yard sale and find them, though, okay? Don't be walking out here with 25 of them. If I come to a yard sale and you got 25 of these in your yard sale, we're going to fight. I'm just telling you right now, all right? I got to tell you, one time I went to a yard sale and I found my CDs. My sermon CDs were in the the yard sale. I think they were in the free section, but they were there, all right? But I'm dead serious. You want something? You want a flashlight? You want one of these? Help yourself. We're blessing. Take them. Get them out of here. I'll be right back. I'm going to go check on the offering. Troy, do something. All right. I got a couple. Just give a, just have a seat. Relax. I got to give you a teaser. They're just finishing up. Well, I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Okay? Now, um, besides that, we're doing, we're doing good time-wise, all right? Um, they're going to come out in a minute. They just needed to correct something, and uh, we're going to get you a figure just real shortly, all right? I did want to mention something earlier that I didn't get to mention that I figure I might as well do now so you don't have to keep singing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, when you, um, you know, obviously you saw the newspaper this week with the stuff about the Nehemiah Project, and... When you see Nehemiah Project and you see Transformation Church and you see Hope Community, you see all these tags that are thrown away, let me just say this to you. You just see us. Amen? You, you just see us. Now, sometimes you'll read stuff in a paper and, and sometimes, somewhere things get lost in a translation. Um, some things get misquoted, all right? Bill Kibler has never done us wrong. He's done a phenomenal job. He's been very gracious in his reporting of us over the years. And, uh, but there was a couple things in there that just, I don't know how they got off a little bit. For example, you'll see it says something like that the Nehemiah Project runs the, the foundry. Well, no, we don't run the foundry, and that's not what we said at all. But it's a little bit confusing sometimes to understand all the different dynamics. I, me- I remember I heard Peter giving the interview, and he said, now listen, Nehemiah got the house, and we were able to give the house to the foundry. And the foundry is a separate 501c3 run by Pastor John Gray, and they have a board. Well, the paper said that we run the foundry. We don't, but oh well. Okay? In other words, what I'm trying to say to you is this, that when you're seeing some things and you're going, well, that's not right. Well, they're taking credit for it. No, we're not. <laughs> okay? All right? When you see, but, but the bigger the picture is, when you see all of these different names, refuge, hope, Foundry, Father's House, Father's Table, Transformation Church, Nehemiah, 
Just rejoice and say this. That's us, baby, somehow. Somehow that's us. We're connected somehow. All right? It might be my cousin from West Virginia, but that's us, baby. All right? Okay? And I don't understand how it's all linked. And you ever sit around one? Did you ever sit around as a kid? I remember this. When I was young, I would listen to my parents talking to their brothers and sisters and friends. Now, how is that? So-and-so was related to so-and-so, and how were they related? And are they dead or alive? All right? I can remember those conversations. Sometimes it's like that around here. Well, how does Nehemiah relate to the foundry, and how does the foundry relate to hope? And how does hope just say, you know what? I don't know. It's us. All right? It's one big happy family. We can figure it all out somehow. All right? It's about bringing glory to God. It's about bringing honor to God. All right? And um, we had a great day on Friday. We showed a lot of people the building. Uh, the, the, the building, we showed a lot of people um, right elementary. And it's just amazing when you walk through there with people. They see it, and they, first of all, they say, man, I can't believe what incredible shape it's doing. That it's in great, a lot of people think it's just a dilapidated building. It's really not. All right? That's number one. Number two is that they see the potential. They see a, this incredible potential that exists. And, and so when, you're, when you see all these different things, and listen, no, you know my heart. I'd much rather exist on the back page than the front page. But sometimes you just can't help it. All right? Because listen to me for a moment. One time years ago, somebody had kind of, just kind of was messing and challenging us a little bit and, you know, alluding to that we were doing things for publicity or to be noticed. I said to you last week, I said, you can question a lot of things, but you're not going to question my motives. I know my heart and I know why we do things and I know what the reason is and I'm not out seeking publicity and I'm not seeking notoriety. However, that being said, make no mistake about it. When you're doing things for God, there's a time where you go and you get noticed. All right. I will not be disobedient to God for fear of being noticed. I mean, that's just as bad. That's just as bad. And, And so there are times and there's a lot of people when you see a headline and you see stuff like that. Yes. Amen. Uh huh. For those of you who didn't see what that was, that was big brother grabbing little brother and bringing him back to his seat. Little brother was not happy. (laughs) All right? That sounded like Penn State and Pitt playing football. Oh! (laughs) I couldn't help it, Tom. That was just like right there. All right? But when you're seeing it, listen to me. When you see this stuff, you rejoice. What I want you to do is rejoice in it. There's a lot of people that go unnoticed. There's a lot of people. Every Friday, there is a crew of people that work with Pastor John. There's, I, don't even, I wouldn't even attempt to m- mention him. Paul's there uh, every Friday, and John's there, and I don't know who else. Gary Knowles there, and Dale Hoover's there. And these guys are working on these buildings, and they're working on the foundry, and they're working on the second foundry, and they're there pouring their blood, labor, and sweat into this thing. They don't, go, they don't get mentioned in a paper. I'm mentioning them, telling you that there's so many people that don't get mentioned. There's Dick Weber, and there's his crew, and there's the people who cook on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays or whenever it is, all right? There's just so many people that it's incredible, all right? So when you see the stuff, you rejoice and say, I don't know how it all works, but I know it's my family. That's my tribe, all right? And so I want you to do that. Here comes the man. Is he coming? Okay, here's our number. Let me, wait, wait, wait. I gotta see the number before he puts it up there. Oh, you're bringing it up to me. You're sitting Really? Wow. I love it when the pastor even gets surprised. Now, how are we doing this? He's just going to like... 
Okay. All right. All right. You tell me. Okay. Let me tell you my, I had a prediction of what I thought the offering would be. And I was wrong. I had a prayer of what I wanted it to be. And what I wanted it to be was another defining moment. And what I wanted it to be was greater than a roof offering. That's what I wanted it to be. And so, God has heard my prayer, and I was wrong on my prediction. And so, let's put a drum roll to this, and we're going to throw the number up on the screen. Come on. What's that? That's the pledged initial goal. Thirty thousand. amazing figure, isn't it? It's a pretty amazing figure. God is awesome. And listen, and you guys are awesome. What a body. What a body. What a people. What a people. I just can't brag on you enough in a a good way. I'm gonna, we, we, I want to sing a song. I don't know what you're playing. What are you playing? Nah. <laughs> Normally, I would like to. I, I, I told Troy, you got to understand that. I told him, I said, we're going to have a bang. Yeah, we got up. Because, uh, you know, I'm a little like, intense sometimes. But I really, really just want to give God glory. I just really, really, this is, this is about God. This is, you know, I, I want to I deflect back to him. We know he's good. But I want to sing worthy of it all. I, I just, how many believe we just want to give him the, the glory right now? All right. I, I, I look at you guys and I say how incredibly awesome you are and thank you so much. But you give because he's worthy. We, we, it's because he's worthy. And I, I just really... I know I just kind of went and changed that 180 degrees. But I want to sing. I really want to sing. Come on. Let's just give him some glory right now. Let's give him some praise and some worship right now. Come on. Buckets, baby. Buckets. Buckets. You know, we come together today, and you guys are awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in another church. But, I, you know, we came together. We worshiped, 
不違う。Is just saying thank you. He says, I am a God of more and enough, and as you gave today, I'm going to give back even more. You think that this is something that's just starting, but through the vision that I'm going to drop within you for more, so get ready, that there is going to be more. I once said, the Lord said, that this is a lighthouse. And a lighthouse is not small, a lighthouse is big. And God is saying, This is just the beginning, that we are going to have more and more coming our way that we are going to have to do and provide. And He says, Use the faith, the God given faith, my faith, and put it upon what you've done today and just watch me work. But we,、um, we came together, we worshiped, we prayed, we gave. I gave gifts, <laughs> fun gifts, goofy gifts. But, and God is just honored today. And, I, and the, big, the greatest thing I can leave you now is, is something we've done a lot recently. I'm going to do it some more right now. And just look at me. Just look at me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Father, I bless your people. I bless them with the words that you told Moses and Aaron to bless the people with. I bless these people with your words. Father, I bless them today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for who they are. Thank you for the awesome people of God they are. Thank you the way they demonstrate their love for not just this church, but thank you for the way they demonstrate their love for a city. They demonstrate their love for a generation. And we thank you for them. Bless them today in Jesus' name. Have a great day. Amen.